to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What you know about getting your happy on? This is what I do. I got my boy Carter back in the studio. Man, it's going down. Welcome back, Carter. Good to be back. Man, I was wondering if you was going to come back and see me, man. You oh, yeah, I was going to come back. Yeah, okay. I was going to have to put out an APB or something and look yeah, for I was, you. I was, I was attending some sporting events the last couple of weekends. Okay, so, yeah. okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a pass, man. But let, right. let me know, man, before you disappear on me like okay. that. All right? All right. Hey, Carter, look here, man. We're going to have some fun tonight. Plus, I got somebody in the studio that's famous. They're going to make us both famous. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so we good. Yo, hey, welcome to the Get Your Happy On Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. It's your boy, Ricky C. Simmons. I'm your host. But look here, it ain't about me tonight. But I do want to share something with you before we get started. You know, for all the people all around the country, man, that are actually doing positive things for uh, people that are less fortunate, I just want to say a big shout out to you. I mean, I, I've noticed that, you know, like this time of year is holiday time. I get it. But, you know, like the, the free giveaways of turkeys and, and dinners and stuff. I think that's really big that every city has some organization doing that. And I just want to give a shout out to those people because we don't give a lot of credit to positive things. And I that's just something I noticed here recently. And I just really, really was touched by that. And so big shout out to everybody just doing positive things out there. Actually, I wish I could challenge the whole world, man, and just say, hey, look, let's treat all all the time. Let's treat the world like it's a holiday, you know. Don't necessarily have to wait till Thanksgiving or Christmas. Let's just be that way seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It doesn't cost you nothing, and it's just a, I think it's just the right thing to do. But, hey, I got Maggie Thorne in the house tonight, and I'll be real honest with you. I got some questions for her, too, but... First, I just want to say hello, Maggie, and thank you for coming, man. That means the world to me. You've always, man, you've been friends with me for a while now, and every time I call you, you come through for me, so thank you. Well, we're almost at the decade mark. Yeah. Ricky, 2013, and you're even sporting a hat that has a bow on the side. Too. What? Hey. So thank you. I knew. I said, Ricky's going to wear a hat tonight. <laughs> i got to throw my hat on. And little did we know, Carter already has his own show, right? Welcome back, Carter. Welcome what? Back. No. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know what that is. No, he, he's, a little, so yeah, he's a youngster. But, that's but you all, know what that is. I know exactly Welcome what back, it is. Carter, and yeah. Actually, that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but now is the Ricky show. Yes, but and you, I love that. But you know, but seriously though, I, I just got to say before we even get started with the questions, I just got to say thank you because um, you're gonna. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to share with our audience the how we met and everything. But first of all, you know, I was just sitting here thinking. You know, uh, I did a little research on you, and I was thinking to myself, originally from the California area somewhere, and you ended up in Nebraska running track <laughs> wait a minute i mean california and nebraska that's kind of a, a long ways from home so yeah i'm originally from san diego okay. and i grew up in a low-income household both my brothers were in and out of jail high school dropouts one of them was in a gang and i actually didn't even play sports growing up we didn't have enough money we lived with another family and it was actually because of a teacher in high school who thought I looked fast in PE, told the track coaches, and I got this little letter in the mail. We'd like to invite you to try out for track. I was freshman, 
gangly. Never played <laughs> a sport in my life. I was active, of course. Right, right. Um, but I had, you know, my home was very chaotic, but I did have one really positive memory of being at a track one day with my brothers and I jumped over something. So the first day I showed up for track, no idea what's going on. And the coach said, is there anything you're interested in? Have you ever seen anything? I said, you know, I've seen people jump something. He said, hurdles? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and so he sets up three hurdles and just says, run it. And I here I am in my little street shoes, can't even afford running shoes. Um, and all this plays into everything I've done in my life. But I three-stepped the very first time. And what that led to is I went on to become the number one runner in California and wow. realized that you can choose opportunity and not always see opposition. So it's really played into uh, the organizations I'm passionate about okay. and everything I pursue. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, when you come to Nebraska, did you actually come on a track scholarship or what did you do? I mean, how did you get here? First of all, my grades in high school were horrible. I wasn't a good student. I had a 1.69, so I went to a JUCO first. Okay. Got my grades up to a 3.96. Wow. And realized, you know what? What JUCO did you go to? It was just in San Diego. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was out in San Diego. And here's the thing. Nobody ever thought I would leave California. So all the California schools lowballed me, which gave me a chance. One, hey, I let them all recruit me. And then all the other schools out of state were throwing full rides at me. So I was got recruited by University of North Carolina, Ball State, Texas, and University of Nebraska Lincoln. Well, I gotta ask. <laughs> I gotta ask. I mean, I'm just curious to know what made you choose Nebraska, though. You know, I'll tell you right now. I was a party girl in high school. I always had a surfboard in my car, longboard. I was at the beach all the time, a bonfire. But for as dumb as I was, I did have a sense, you know, I want different. Okay. Uh, I want to finish Need high school. Change. I want to graduate college. Mm -hmm. I wanted something different. And I realized I need to have the resources around me to make that happen. And that was one thing that started developing me is it matters the people that are around you, the, the, you know, having a team to help you succeed. And Nebraska really offered that. I remember going on my recruiting trip and literally my old coach almost didn't even tell me about it. He's like, Nebraska called like you'd ever go to Nebraska. And kind of because he said that, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to go on a recruiting trip to Nebraska. And then I fell in love with it. I remember um, being in the student life complex and Dennis LeBlanc walks over and says, hi, how are you? And then he stopped and waited for me to answer. And being a California girl, I was like, oh, he means it. Yeah, you know, they yeah. care. Right, right. And you start to encounter multiple people like that. And I was like, this place is different. I feel like they don't even know me, but they're for me. And that means something. And then I also saw the track raise up and the hydraulics. They did this whole thing, you know, as the recruit walks in, <laughs> the track floats up. Yeah. And I was like, you know, drooling. Oh, yeah, you know. Uh, and then when they offered a full ride, I was like, yeah, I'm. That's it. I signed when I got back, and I knew that it was Nebraska for me. Well, you know what? I'm, first of all, I'm gonna say I'm glad you stuck with Nebraska. I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing some amazing things, and you know, I, it also leads me to this. You know, you also not only ran track and had a lot of success. Can you explain to me how you went from running track? To competing in pageants and stuff because you won matter of fact you were something when I met you yes uh, so first of all I took a little dip into amateur boxing actually and was a Midwest Golden Gloves champion wow because that's know a natural that. transition from track like oh I'm gonna go get pushed <laughs> in the base for a while uh, and then after I was like okay that 
maybe that's not for me. I so I started having kids and um, the person my ex-husband was like, I don't really want to watch you get punched anymore. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I have I have a baby now, you know. So I stopped boxing. Uh, I actually took a spell, spent 10 years managing multi-million dollar construction projects. I worked for another brass athletic department, helped build East Stadium, wow. Pinnacle okay. Bank Arena, Did not know that. Devaney Center renovation project. So um, I loved being able to build the facilities that I used to live in as a student athlete because, I mean, you know this yeah. more than anybody. Oh, absolutely. You can leave it better than when you came, but if you could to help the environment and you understand what it is. So I loved making all the facilities better. And people said, oh, gosh, are you ever jealous that those were facilities you didn't have? And I was like, no, not at all. I'm excited every day because I picture – what if I was that new student coming in? What would make them want to be here? Because I know Correct. how special Nebraska is to me, and I wanted that to create that opportunity for more students. Well, you've done a wonderful job helping create the things that are here now and the things that we're hopefully going to have in the future, too. So thank you for that. But you never answered my I'm question. I was about to answer it. We okay. Got All <laughs> right. I'm but waiting. I, I, could, I wouldn't be remiss unless I had that piece of it. So right. over the course of those 10 years, my brother took his life. He oh. died by suicide in 2005. And then in 2011, my best friend took her life. And we were in the middle of our biggest capital campaign. I was pregnant with my third child. Um and the day of her funeral, I felt like God spoke to me to build people and not buildings. And I'm watching her casket go into the ground and really asking, wow, yeah, I can leave this legacy of East Stadium and Pinnacle Bank and, you know, all these major projects that are going to be landmarks for Nebraska. Or I can really, really invest in building people with the skill sets I've been given. And so... I quit. And people told me, wow, you'll never be successful again. Like... The fun fact about that is I actually started that job picking up trash. I was a student worker. Huh. It wasn't what my degree was in. I have wiped down every bleacher in Memorial Stadium. I vacuumed every suite, used to set up tables. They brought me into the office to fill in for someone just to answer phones. And there was a group of guys, Boyd Epley was there, and I spoke up. And they all turned and looked at me, and Boyd just actually started to give me projects. He'd see where I'd take it. I know I still haven't answered it yet, but this part's important. Um, he'd see where I'd take it and wouldn't tell me anything else, how to do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I had to compete for that job in capital planning against a guy who had a master, master's degree in architecture. Oh, wow. And I had a bachelor's in community health. But mm. as much as you can be have the best degrees, sometimes you can't outwork someone. And so I got the job and spent the next 10 years designing and managing the facilities I used to clean. So that was just dedication and hard work, basically. And never selling yourself short. I right. have so many people say, well, I don't have the skills. I can't do this. I'm not equipped for it. And I disagree. I believe if you want it, you want it. Mm -hmm. You can equip yourself. Uh, there, there's a way. Everything is possible. And so that all of that played into American Ninja Warrior. So in my mid-30s, after a decade-long career and having three children, I became a professional athlete because <laughs> that's what everybody does. But, but Maggie, you still haven't answered my one question. The pageants. <laughs> How did you get into that? Yes, the pageants. So I did a pageant in high school, and that was one of the things that, you know, if I want to be out there in, in the public and impacting people and sharing and speaking, I felt like I wasn't really equipped with that skill set yet. And mm -hmm. if, if there's anything, you have to know how to have stage presence. So that was one of the avenues that I wanted to take to not only set this stage, Right. What I want to do to the community, but set the stage for any other dream. Now, would you share with everyone what 
contest you actually won? I was Mrs. International 2014. I competed against 64 other women from around the world. Wow. And it was a platform-based pageant. So I actually ended up being a spokesperson for an international nonprofit called Souls for Souls, whose mission was to give shoes, and that was to kids like me who didn't have a pair of shoes when I showed up on that first day of track. That's amazing because that's when I met you. You were you were Miss Mrs. International. Miss International. Two little tables next to each other. Yeah. At Air Force. <laughs> and you had a pamphlet. Yeah. Mickey C. Simmons. <laughs> and your story, and you were trying to get going and out there. And yeah, yeah. But I was just getting started at that time. Actually, I think. I when was that? Like 2013. 2013. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I had been trying to get on for like two or three years. But I was, you know, I was just finding my way at that time. And then when I met you, you were very nice to me, and you didn't have to be, because you were, in my eyes, you had already reached uh, a level. I mean, being that winner of that that uh, pageantry, I thought that was big. So I was looking at you, kind of like, man, she's arrived, you know. And then when I found out you were a former Husker, I was like, well, you know, I gotta go introduce myself. <laughs> gotta go introduce myself. So. I'm really glad that, that I did, and I'm glad that we've remained friends over the years, man. That's pretty cool. So I feel honored. Now, this American Ninja Warrior thing, now, Megan, I mean, that's a quite a leap from pageantry and, and, and building facilities. I mean, how did you become a professional athlete? Well, I wanted to have that platform with sports to continue. I knew, okay, you know what? I'm I'm still athletic. I have all these other skill sets. Now, what else can I use? Well, what else besides the global platform of NBC, a major television network? Absolutely. So I tried out. I made it my first year, and then I actually did horrible. I failed on the first obstacle. They aired it. People are like, oh. I know you. You fell. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> great to meet you. I mean, it's one thing to fail, but yeah. then the world sees you fail. And so right. I actually applied again, and I was rejected. And I applied again, and I was rejected. And it wasn't until four years in when everybody told me, you need to quit. You need to give up. You're wasting your time. They don't want you. Like, Foolish. I actually lost friends over it because it was like they thought it was foolish ambition. I said, I actually believe I'm meant for this, that God's going to use this and I'm supposed to do it. And I came back as a top female year four in my region and was like a female to beat one of the only obstacles at that time, made to national finals. I saw some of your uh, events and I mean, I know I couldn't do it personally, but I was happy for you just because <laughs> I knew you. But, I mean, some of those things are very difficult. You I take mean, on your own obstacles in a different kind of way. Yeah, we all have it, an obstacle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some I, of ours end up in water. Yeah, see, and that's the one I was worried about. I was like, nah, I better stay on the ground. If you want, if you ever do a really scary speaking engagement, I can be there with a kiddie pool after you're done, and you can just jump in it. We can simulate this. Uh, make me feel special. Huh? I'll get a crowd, some lights, little kids with flashlights, and you can make a big splash. Well, I'll tell you what, Maggie, I'm going to let you do that. And are you? St speaking of that, are you still doing that? I am still doing Ninja Warrior. I just finished my seventh season on the show. Wow. And I competed for a couple of the shows for NBC, Team Ninja Warrior. I did two seasons and then also two seasons of Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge where we made it to the finals twice mm -hmm. and missed out on being the champions twice. What? <laughs> 
Well, one thing I will say about you, um, you have a a title. Uh, I guess it's your handle for like Twitter or no Instagram for everything. Yeah, for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, never give up. Is that right? It is. Yeah, and I I, I admire that because I understand that concept. Mm-hmm. And you know, you had you went through something that uh, most people don't know about. And if you don't mind, it's up to you. I'd like for you to share. Uh, you had a, a fall on on uh, when you were competing that led to a TBI. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Could you elaborate a little bit on, on what a TBI is and how yours happened? Yeah, for people that don't know, a TBI is a traumatic brain injury. So mine was classified as a mild TBI. And it happened in Oklahoma City when I actually had the best year I'd ever had on the show. I finally got the warp wall. was the second mom up the warp wall. But the thing about it, is I don't remember it at all. I was in a full sprint on an obstacle that was covered for traction, a piece of steel, not padding, because you don't want squishy when you're running on things. Mm -hmm. But I face planted and did this nice little scorpion. And um, I continued on. Well, what happened was apparently people told me later, they told me this account of, hey, here's what really happened. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I remember being on the starting line. And then I remember being in my home. And that's it. And so I had this lost day of my life, but someone said, well, you got off the course, uh, threw up in your mouth, swallowed it, went and did an interview and then went and got lost on a curb somewhere until someone found me and was like, you're not okay. Sent me to the ER. But the thing with concussions, even in 2019 is when it was, is people still don't know a lot. So the doctors are like, oh, you're fine. It's not a big deal. But when I got back to Nebraska, someone came to check on me and I was like in the dark, curled on my couch. And the thing is, yeah, American Injury happened, but years before I'd been an amateur boxer, I'd been in a surfing accident. So I'd had a lifelong history of concussions. And this was the one that it just did me and I wasn't recovering from it. They brought me to the hospital and realized, oh, you have post-concussive syndrome. You have a mild TBI. So what that meant for me is my eyes stopped communicating. I had to do vision, I had to do speech and cognitive at Madonna Rehabilitation Hospital. And actually Madonna was incredible. Without them, I would have never been able to come back to the show. But initially my recovery was gonna be like, okay, two months and you're gonna be fine. And that felt practical to me. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's not a big deal. But they said, wait, you're not getting better. And then it was three months and four months until it became a year of outpatient. What? Wow, oh, man. <clears throat> that was kind of tough for me there, Carter. I mean, I so many people take so many things for granted, you know, and then they see all the positive stuff that you do, and they never see the other side. So, wow, thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you recovered, but um, that took courage. So I, I understand the never give up. You know, in that season of my life, I actually hated the phrase never give up. I was angry at it. And I was able to say it for a really long time, and it meant something to me. It meant something to the people like my brother who, Mm. you know, their lives were lost. And so never give up meant something there. It meant never give up on your dreams because that's what did I do? I was able to translate success across multiple platforms, construction, pageantry, American Ninja Warrior. So all the same principles. So never give up there and on your dreams. But here I was in this and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm used to being able to control things and fix things and bounce back from injury. And I had no control over my body. 
you know, I spent 20 hours a week in rehab at Madonna with incredible doctors, but I was just sad. I had never known a sadness like that. And I really- Was it like depression or? or? I, I couldn't, I couldn't fix it. I couldn't, I, there's so many things that I had to say no to. I wasn't allowed to drive more than an hour, so I had to cancel almost all my speaking engagements. I mean, I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to do physical activity. So wow. everything that was the core part of my life is all of a sudden I had to say no to, but I'll tell you what, I believe it's also the biggest blessing in my life because I think there's so many things that God wanted to heal me for a long time that he finally said, no, enough. Right. If Stop. you want to heal, this is how it's going to happen. So it wasn't until about six months in when I felt like I was in this pit. And the only thing I'd been doing is trying to get out. But what really God wanted to do is, all right, how can I get in? And who can you be in this moment? Who can you be in the worst of your life? And that's when I realized it wasn't about saying never give up. It was about becoming never, never give up. Give up. Man, amazing, amazing story. You know, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna continue this conversation, but right now we gotta take a break. Hey, you guys, stay tuned. We got a lot more coming with Maggie Thorne on the Kitchen Happy On Hour with the Ricky C. Simmons is your host on ninety three point seven The Ticket.